Hi, this is Lindy, the creator and host of Lindy's Audio Cafe, a podcast focused on positive and thought-provoking stories. Life gets busy, and in the race for happiness, we sometimes forget it's often the smaller things in life that truly matter. My podcast is focused on the stories that don't make tabloids, the basics that make you smile, the kindness of people who help make the world a better place. Yeah, we need a bit more of that. But before we get started, please be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. Thanks for listening. there and welcome to Lindy's Audio Cafe. My name is Lindy and I'm absolutely delighted to join you once again today. And uh, today we're going to be touching base a little bit on modern technology. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's forever changing and some days technology can be a love-hate relationship. <laughs> what a thing to talk about when we're just a few days away from Valentine's Day and I'm talking about love-hate relationships. But really, it starts with being online and on the computer. You know, I have seen so many technical changes in my lifetime. And sometimes I just think about it and I think, imagine what we have seen. And I mean, it's been incredible what I've seen. And just over half a century, and I've seen a lot of things in my lifetime. Imagine what our parents saw. And imagine what their parents saw. And I think about my little grandchildren. I mean, they're not even in school yet. go what's it going to be like for them when they hit the workforce in 20 years what will it be like and at that time I'm going to be a senior I'm already a junior senior but at that that time I can just imagine what things are really going to be like and it's kind of fun you know we've become so accustomed to all these fancy modern conveniences you know I mean I can walk into the living room and I can have the music turned up and turned down. I just have to give an audio command and it does that. And if I want to listen to my favorite radio station, I just have to ask uh, Google to play that for me. And for the most part, it works pretty often. Well, I tried something the other day. (laughs) I came in from the backyard and I was tired of cleaning up those little nuggets and I was frustrated and I walked over and went, Hey, Google, clean up the frickin' dog crap for me. It didn't work. The dog crap was still there. (laughs) I remember in high school, we had a computer club. Yep, one computer club and one computer for the entire high school. I didn't belong to that club because I was a band kid and I was playing my saxophone in the band and so I never really got too involved in that technology side of it. But I did, however, take the typing classes in high school and you know, we thought that was state-of-the-art at that time. And there were probably 30 of us in a classroom, we each had a little desk with a typewriter and uh, they were electric typewriters and I remember my sisters telling me you are so lucky you're getting an electric typewriter because they're easier to type on they had learned on manual typewriters where you needed strong fingers to get on those keyboards and get the letters down so we were kind of feeling like we had luxury My first office job was when I was 19 years young. (laughs) I don't say 19 years old because I consider 19 to be very young. (laughs) And I remember working in that office and we got our first memory typewriter. 
I believe it was an Olivetti, and it was a little black typewriter, and uh, it was either called the Compact 60 or it might have been the RT5400. I think it could have been that one. I was looking at pictures of it online the other day, and they both exactly resembled what we'd been working with. So imagine that, the RT5400, and it was slick. There was a tiny little screen, probably about that big, two inches wide, and it sat above the keyboard, and it was just small. And as you were typing in on the typewriter, you'd see a little line of data going through that tiny two-inch screen. And if you typed something wrong, it's like, yes, you could still go back in the sentence and you could correct it. And at the end of your document, you would hit P for print or something like that, and all of a sudden it would print out everything that you had saved up in that paragraph. Now, if I recall right, I don't think you could type that much. You could only type so much and then you'd have to print it because the memory was short on it. And after that, we got a typewriter that actually had like a little sidebar on it and a screen. And then guess what happened? We got the five inch floppy disk. <laughs> yeah, ah, the old five inch floppy disk. And then the three and a half inch disk drive. We kind of progressed from there. And it was pretty cool. You know, eventually we were able to save documents. But until that time happened, you had to retype everything over and over and over. And that's how we did it. And we had a whole room full of people typing. And I look at it and I think, well, it certainly provided employment. That's for sure. There were a lot of us to do that job. But I will say that technology definitely brought efficiency to a very antiquated system. And we went to fax machines. That again was state of the art when we got the fax machine. After all, it replaced the telex machine. <laughs> So if you have never worked on a telex or you're from a younger generation and you don't even know what that is, I encourage you to go on and have a look on the computer, look up what a telex looked like. And I can tell you it was not easy. You had a machine that uh, basically had a little tiny tape and that's where everything was recorded. So if I was to type a huge legal document, you'd be on there on this keyboard and there was letters and figures on the same keys. And you'd have to press a button for the letters, press a button for the figures. And if you forgot, it screwed up your document. And when you were done typing, this little tape spit out the side. And now you would have to actually dial the number where it's going, put the tape in the feeder, and feed it through. And if that little teeny one inch long, or it was one inch wide tape, broke or twisted while you were feeding it through, you were screwed again and you had to turn around and retype the whole darn thing. But it was a nightmare to use those telex machines. Think about how lucky we are now. You can create that document on your computer and save it and then you enter in an email address and you attach the document and boom it's gone in two seconds. So think about it, you know in my lifetime that's what we were seeing. No comparison to where we're at today. You know, when I was a kid, if you wanted to go outside and play, you walked over across the street and you knocked on the door. Um, and you said, hey, is so-and-so there? Can they come out to play? Or if you had a telephone, you picked up the telephone and you called over. But it was never this toot toot toot, message, message, message. They haven't picked up my message yet. I guess we're not going out to play because they're not answering my messages. No, there was a little more people interaction and there was probably something good about that. 
that's kind of funny you know when I talk about the people interaction well sometimes back then when we had our phone there was a little bit more people interaction than we really wanted and uh, party line had a whole different meaning back then party line wasn't hey baby call me up let's talk (laughs) it was not that at all it was the darn neighbors next door still yakking on the telephone and you're trying to get out and make a phone call but it's like you're all sharing one extended phone line so you pick up the phone and you want to phone your friend to come out to play but you can hear the neighbor talking on the phone kind of like to stay on and hear what they had to say but you know you'd get in trouble and it wasn't right so you'd hang up the phone oh darn you know I'll wait five more minutes and try again and you pick up the phone and the neighbor's still yakking away on the phone and it's like oh get off the phone I want to make a phone call and so usually if you hung up fairly loudly they could hear the phone line hang up and they would know that somebody's trying to use that line you pick it up like another minute later hoping that they've got the clue but they're still yakking on there all right hang up the darn phone get your coat on walk across the street and go call on your friend because you're not going to get to use the phone right now and I remember when we got our first private line and that was huge we were like hey we got private lines now on our phone and you don't have to share the phone line I thought that was so cool and I think I was probably about eight or nine years old when one of my friends finally got a phone at her house for the first time and it was just something that they didn't have so we took it for granted and she would have been just so happy to have any kind of phone and it's funny nowadays because if you're on any kind of social media you can see it sometimes where people are messaging from across the house and I've even seen it where a mother messaged her daughter across social media and said dinner's in an hour and the daughter writes back asking what are we having we're all seeing what they're having for dinner now and I'm thinking why don't you just walk down the hallway and say dinner's in an hour it's pork chops tonight do you want mashed potatoes or french fries why does that have to be all over the internet every once in a while technology can just go a little bit too far and we need to get back to basic social interactions I've seen all kinds of things where people are on social media um, or they've texted somebody and they go, I texted them an hour ago and they haven't got back to me yet. Well, you know what? Because you have that technical ability to respond quickly doesn't mean that you should have to do it all the time. For example, if I'm in the middle of working on a project, I have to turn the phone off. And when I was previously working full time, my phone was off or I kept it on low just for a family emergency. But if I could see something go off on my phone and it wasn't a family emergency in the middle of the day, you know, like if my son was calling in the middle of the day, then I would know something must be up and I would pick up the phone. But if it wasn't him, I didn't answer it. I'm on somebody else's dime and I'm not there to have discussions on my private cell phone. Now that is something with technology and the changes. It changes how we have to teach things to our children. And that was something that I really stressed to my children when they were younger because they were in the digital age. And I said, hey, I want you to have a cell phone. I want you to be able to reach out to me if you're in a pickle somewhere or you need any help. Never hesitate to reach out to me. But when you were on the job, you were being paid by the hour and for what you bring to the hour. They're not paying you to be chatting to your friends. So please, when you are on the job, stay off your phone. Don't be messaging. Don't be chatting. 
And if you want to look at it, you wait until you're on an actual coffee break or a lunch break, but do not be on your phone during work hours. That's just not cool, you guys. That is not something that you do on somebody else's dime. Save it for afterwards. And uh, I don't know, I guess it's great that we have that technology at our fingertips, but we also have to make sure that we don't abuse it. We have to use it for all the right reasons. You know, and it, it brings me back to another thing. I mean, I know I always go back to my childhood stories. I guess there's a little bit of youthful side of me. But I remember, again, going back to phones, when we got our telephone, and we used to horse around on the phone. I mean, that's what kids did back then. I mean, we used to knock on doors and laugh and run away. Well, we used to get the telephone. We'd pick it up. We'd phone my mom's friend over and over. And we'd be like, she'd we'd dial her, the phone would ring, and she'd say, hello. And he'd go, is your fridge running? <laughs> and of course she'd say, well, yes it is. And of course we would break into fits of laughter. And we would say, well, you better go and get it. <laughs> and then we'd hang up the phone and we would just think we were the funniest human beings on earth. And I mean, we do silly things like that, but you can't get away with that stuff nowadays. You're not supposed to be pranking on telephones. And I remember back in the day when we had a not-so-nice prankster calling our house. In fact, it was a bad person on the other end of the phone, and my mom got fed up with it. And she had a little electric sander. She took that sander, and she had it sitting right by the telephone. And this uh, jerk that was calling and harassing our house called back one more time. My mom picked up the sander, and as soon as she heard his voice on the other end, and that sander was going off in his ear so loud he hung up and that was it he was done he stopped calling back after that now of course in those days we didn't have call display we didn't know who the creep was on the other end but we do know that that electric sander certainly helped get rid of that technology (laughs) now back in the day you would have your fax machine so of course it looked like a little printer with the telephone on it I mean I don't even know if young people see those things anymore they're hardly even used and we had a fax machine in the workplace and it was a phone fax so basically it looked like a big telephone but it had the rollers and you could talk on it from the receiver or you could use it as a fax machine and I had a client on the other side who also had a phone fax and one time I'm working in advertising so Here I am, I'm trying to get an advertising proof out and we've got a publication that's going to print soon and I've got an advertiser who's waiting to get that ad copy. And I explain to them, okay, you know, I'm going to send it through to your fax and I try to send it and I hear them picking up the phone on the other side. Hello, hello. And I'm sure they can hear the bleep, bleep sound of me trying to send the fax. Try back again, they pick up the phone again. Bleep, bleep isn't going through and of course it's frustrating when you're busy and trying to get more than one job done so I call them back on their phone and I say hey uh, just to let you know when you hear that sound you need to press start on your fax machine and then it'll start it going and then when you hang up the fax will keep going so oh yeah I get it I get it I call back again and I again hear them on the other side hello hello They've picked up the phone again, and this went on a few times. Now it's getting frustrating. So finally, the last attempt that I had, I hear them on the other side again pick it up, and they go, hello, and 
now I'm peed off. I think I'm sending the fax and I don't think they can hear me, so I turn to our bookkeeper and I say, I just wish they would press start on the frickin' fax. And I use some choice words, <laughs> you can imagine. And all of a sudden, I hear a little voice through the phone on the other side going, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And there goes the fax and my fax went through. And as we finished and I hung up, I went, Oh no, I think they heard me cursing on the other side. Oh well, it might not have been pretty language, but it got the message across and the facts went through. But definitely a lesson learned for me. Make sure when you're spouting off that people can't hear you on the other side. In many ways, technology has made our lives easier, but in some other ways, I think it's caused a bit of pressure. Like if you think about it in the classroom, back in our day, we used to learn our ABCs and our one, two, threes, and you know, practice your times tables two times, two is four, you know, that kind of stuff. But we were not clicky, 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 having to get on computers and to write all our stories and essays that way. And uh, yeah, it's actually a lot easier doing it on a computer, but it's not easier if you haven't had access to technology at home. So as times have changed and our method of communicating and our method of recording our information has changed, we have to find ways so that all children have access to the same technology. I know of many cases where there were people who couldn't afford to have a computer at home or they didn't have internet. And that's really tough because what happens when your child has an essay that's due and they don't have a working computer at home or they don't have a working printer and they can't print it out? That's really tough. And what if the family can't afford it? So it is more expensive for families. And in this day and age, I hate to say it, but the cost of living has increased so much. And there's so much more pressure on families. And if you have a local library where your child can go to use the computer, that's great. But it's not great if the library is not in a safe area or if there are people that are not safe hanging out in the library. These things can happen and I'm not pinpointing libraries. I'm just saying that in any of these public settings, sometimes you have to have an adult with you just to make sure that things are safe out there for you. And what also happens if you're relying on the library to use their technology? You've got a mom at home with two or three kids. She can't leave at night and go sit in the library for two hours while you type. You need to have that computer at home so your child can be at home, be focused, and do what they're trying to do. So hopefully there's ways that the systems that are in place can be able to provide those resources for kids even when they're at home. Technology changes so quickly, you have to be able to upgrade and stay up with the times. If you have a computer at home and you haven't kept the operating systems up to date, well now it's going to be hard for your security systems to work and you're at risk of getting viruses on your computer. These are things we didn't worry about when I was a kid. If we were talking about viruses, we were talking about getting a cold or somebody's home with a tummy bug. We weren't worried about viruses on computers. So, you know, that things have changed and it's added a little bit more pressure in the education system and we need to be understanding of that. We also really need to be understanding of people that have different experiences on different platforms. I remember going to work for somebody once, and it was before I had ever worked on an iPad. I'd never had one, so I didn't know what the platform was like on it. I'd always used Android until that time. 
And I went into the workplace and I had somebody make me feel like I was a bit of an idiot the first day because I just didn't know how things worked on the iPad. It was different. The settings were different. And nobody should ever do that to you or make you feel bad. How was I supposed to know if I've never owned one? And if you have somebody in the workplace and they're learning new software, don't expect them to just look at the screen once, memorize everything, and know where it's at. It doesn't work that way. When you're looking at software, and it's the very first time that you're looking at it, you're just getting adjusted to what's where on the screen. Where do I save? Where do I transfer files? Where do I upload? Where do I do things? Where's the button for this or the button for that? What happens if I do this? I want to make sure I don't delete the wrong thing. And especially if you're dealing with file management or client management, any of those things, it's so important that you handle that software properly. And I've seen it multiple times, and I'm not talking about just me, but I've seen it in workplaces where people get frustrated and say, good gosh, they've been two days on the job and they're so slow on that software. But if all you did was show them how to use it and they didn't get a chance to use it hands-on, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get to learn it. Most people need to be hands-on to learn technology. Technology can present some challenges, but it also has many benefits. And in order for it to be helpful, it's so important that we help each other out. I can't stress that enough. And you know, when they say when you go into a job, if you're a hoarder of information and you don't share with other people, that doesn't make you a good co-worker and that doesn't make you a good manager. In fact, the best managers that I have seen out there are the people that have knowledge and are willing to share it. If you share knowledge with your team, you have a stronger team. If you have a strong team, that shows up that you are a better manager. So don't be an information hoarder. If you're in the workplace and somebody needs to know how to use something on the computer, don't be an arse and make them have to figure it out by themselves. Why not just take a couple seconds and just show them here, click here, click there. That'll make your life so much easier. One of the biggest blessings I found with technology was when the start of the pandemic occurred and I had to be away from my daughter and her children. That was really tough. I've got two beautiful grandchildren. I'm thousands of kilometers away. I don't get to see them very much. It's been tough. The biggest blessing for me was being able to get on video phone calls and I could see that little baby. I could hear that little baby. I've been able to catch up on her development on a regular basis, and I also have breakfast with my grandson from time to time. Yeah, we're thousands of kilometers away, but his mom will kindly set up the tablet and we sit down and have a little chat while he enjoys his Cheerios and pancakes, and I'll have my cup of coffee, and it's like we're sitting at the same table, I just don't get to hug him. But that's going to happen real soon, and in the meantime, I am so grateful for technology. It does have its pluses. Here, I have to throw this in. I just hit pause for a moment. And I came back on and did a great big spiel about the benefits of technology and realized I hadn't hit start. So here I go again. Technology works great, but only if you're using it right. Another family member who had severe scoliosis. And he was able to attend a children's hospital and had a seven-hour operation that straightened his spine. They were able to put rods in his spine and uh, things are so much better. And he's now got a quality of life that he would have never had had that surgery not occurred. 
Now, if you've ever had the opportunity to be in an operating room and you're in there not medicated, you're not the patient, but you actually get to go in there and look at the stuff and look at all the technology, it is mind-blowing, the things that they have in there. And uh, technology is amazing, and the advancements that it's made and the healing that it's provided in our healthcare system, it is incredible. And uh, I just don't take it lightly because all those x-ray machines and MRIs and scanners and the things that they use to diagnose and the things they use to help us, that's amazing technology. And so never take technology for granted. Somebody invented it and that the materials that came for that technology came from somewhere. Those precious metals came from somewhere and those precious metals are allowing us to save lives. So don't take technology for granted. We're so lucky to have it. Changing technology doesn't mean we should have changes to social etiquette. And I covered this in an episode much earlier on in my podcast series when I talked about good manners. But having instant technology doesn't mean that you need to wipe out everything else that's going on around you. Enjoy your technology. Use it for what you can use it for. Let it be educational. Let it be informative. uh, Let it provide entertainment. But don't let it overtake your life can still get outside and go for a walk. You can see people from a distance and as long as you're able to do that, hey, make sure you're still seeing people. As a reminder for me how important it was, we brought, we got a crib board at Christmas this year and we pulled out the crib board and I found myself putting my cell phone beside me in case I miss something while I'm playing crib and then I'm going, what am I doing? I am being kind of rude and I shouldn't have my cell phone there and I moved it aside and turned it off. There's nothing so critical that I can't play a game of crib for an hour without having my phone beside me. And so I highly encourage you to take that time, spend time with those people that you love, but give them quality time, not just technology time. Well, this old gal thinks it's just about time to wrap it up, and I've spent enough time on my technology here today. Thank you so much for using your technology to join in, and I really appreciate having you here. Uh, My listeners really matter to me, and as I said before, I'm a retired Grammy, and I'm just doing this for fun, trying to keep it lighthearted, and uh, hopefully you are enjoying the show Please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me through my website, www.lindysaudiocafe.com, and you can contact me by email through my website or send me a little voice clip. (laughs) Yep, that's technology. Anyway, have a great week, everybody, and remember as you head out that smiles come in all languages and in all colors. Uh Uh-oh. Is the microphone still on? Oh no, really? Oh boy, I thought I turned it off. Hey guys, he did it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to click like and share it so others can enjoy it also. Join the Lindy's Audio Cafe podcast group for updates. Oh, and positive reviews are always welcome as well. (laughs) Check the show notes for updated links. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.